Politics podcast from the Frederick News Post. My name is Jack Hogan, and I cover county and state politics for the News Post. In the coming days, we'll be publishing interviews with candidates for Frederick County Executive and Frederick County Council. They'll voters get to know more about some of the local names that will be on their ballots in November. Today's guest is Lisa Jarosinski, who runs her own business preparing tax returns and bookkeeping. Jarosinski is the Democratic nominee in the race for the District 2 seat on the Frederick County Council. District 2 covers the southeastern part of the county, including Newmarket, Linganore, Hinesville, and parts of Urbana and Mount Airy. Her opponent on the Republican side is County Councilman Steve McKay, who since 2018 has represented Council District 2. Jarosinski and Councilman McKay squared off in the 2018 general election, too. McKay was elected by more than 4,000 votes, or 17 percentage points. So, Lisa, welcome to the newsroom and in the booth. Thank you. To start off... Can you just tell me about your decision to run for county council? Oh, well, I ran for county council in 2018 and was disappointed I did not win. So I'm running again. Um, I'm running because I would be really, really good at this job. I'm running uh, because I like to bring people together. And I'm really good at building collaboration and compromise and having people work together. It's a real skill set of mine. And I think that's what we need in county government. How do you see yourself exercising this skill set that you talk about? Well, right now, I think we have, for the most part, we have a council that gets along pretty well. But I know that there are undercurrents of people not getting along. And I know that when I've been campaigning, I've had asked people if they wanted to put a sign in their yard. And they've said, no, I'm uncomfortable with that because this neighbor and this neighbor and this neighbor don't think the way I think. And I'm afraid they're going to retaliate, retaliate or, you know, ruin my property or vandalize me in some way. So I think there's a seething kind of undercurrent in our environment, in our county. And I'm really good at bringing people together and just having those conversations. What do you think is uh, like the most important issue in the county council race right now? So the most important issue for my district, which is District 2, is the growth issue. Um, Urbana is in my district, and Urbana is growing exponentially, and people don't like that. Um, We also had the Monrovia Town Center that was proposed to be put in on the corner basically of 75 and 80, and there was a big outcry in the community And we fought against having that development happen. And I was on that board. Um, I was actually solicited to be on that board after having fought the David versus Goliath battle of the substation. Uh, That was a 47-acre substation bigger than the Pentagon, which is 35 acres, so to give people some kind of perspective. Um, So I was asked to participate with uh, the Monrovia Town Center fight, and I did, and we were successful. Um, So people are worried about growth and development and our schools and not having enough seats for our children in those schools if we blow up um, if we blow up with the development. And that's really, really important. So we have to figure out how to way to manage the growth carefully and slowly so that we take care of our infrastructure and our schools. And, and how do you see yourself managing growth on, on the county council? Well, I want to, I want to work together um, with not only our developers but our Sierra Club conservationists, 
Um, I think that if we are going to, we can't stop development, all right? We need development we, because we need to keep our economy vibrant. And our developers employ a lot of people in the county. So you can't just say no development. It is true that the prior to Jan's administration, the Board of County Commissioners approved a lot of development without making the developers responsible for what they needed to do and without having to jump enough hoops. And so what we see coming on right now in the pipeline is what's already been approved. I I can't change the past. I wish it hadn't happened, but I can't change it. All I can do is work toward the future. So I, like I started to say, I would like to see the developers and our conservationists and people get together and figure out how we're going to do this together. So I think we should dream big. I think we should look at, you know, possibly looking at a a development that is climate focused. So what if we were able to create a development that was solar powered, wind powered, had composting, had extra gardens, had a lot of permeable surfaces instead of impermeable surfaces, which affects the water tables and runoff and all kinds of things. So I think there's a way to come together that people can be creative and we need to learn to think outside the box and figure out a way forward so that it includes everyone. And what about uh, where do you see the county growing? Where where should the county grow and where should it not? Well, we've defined that pretty clearly in the Livable Frederick Plan. Um, so we have areas that have been defined as growth areas. Part of that is in District 2, but there are other parts of the county as well. Um, and we've worked very di- very diligently. We already have 73,000 acres in egg preservation. I'm pretty sure it's 73. I know it's over 70. Yeah, I think that, that sounds right. 73,000. So, um, and I, I want to continue doing that because I think that's that's really important. We We all love Frederick County. Part of the reason we love it so much is that you can drive maybe five or 10 minutes and you get to see the Longhorn (laughs) in the field. It's so cool. So I I think that's why people want to come here and we just have to figure out how to make it all work together. What would you say is your number one legislative priority? Um, I think the legislative priority is to continue the funding for education. We were so, 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 so far behind with the Board of County Commissioners only funding at maintenance of effort. And I know that Jan and the last two councils have done a really good job at trying to get us back above that. But we are funded per pupil at the second lowest rate in the state. And that's really not where we should be. So we need to make sure that we continue to fund education and whether that's looking at um, more state funding um, and, and other fa- other avenues to get funding. I don't know where they would all would be, but I'd be certainly willing to investigate and see where we could get some more funding. And uh, I mean, should the county, what should the county be doing that it isn't currently, or is it just a continuation of, of some of the practices that um, County Executive Jan Gardner has has led over the last eight years? Well, I think it's a continuation of a lot of things that um, Jan Gardner has done and Jessica Fitzwater, I know, will continue. Um, so I think we're off in the right direction. I'd like to see us do some more things with our with our parks and our rails and our trails, all of those things, so that, they're, so that our roads are safe. So I live in Mount Airy, and I travel one, Route 144 a lot. And there are people that try to ride their bikes and walk along 144, and it is just downright dangerous. There is no place for pedestrian. So I'd like to see us be able to find a way to widen shoulders, um, 
to augment some of our path somewhere. I, I understand that that becomes, it becomes financially challenging to do all of that. Um, which is one of the reasons I think we should, you know, continue with our constant rate um, versus a constant yield. Because if we're going to be creative and think outside the box and try new things, we're going to need resources to do that. This is a property tax rate for the county? Right, the yeah. property tax rate. We've They've kept it the same, um, I believe, probably for the last 12 years. So, And we're doing really, really well. So I don't know. I mean, I understand that we do have people in the county where – um, because their home values increase, their, ta- their property tax rates go up. And I understand that that's a burden. Um, but I think we should look at those um, subsets of people and see whether or not we can offer a break to them. But I don't think that we should, should try to go for the, count- for the constant yield. Because you know what will happen is you'll do the constant yield for one year, you'll limp along and you'll make it. And then the following year, no one will have the appetite for going back to what we had before, and then and then you create a crisis. Uh, what are some other legislative priorities that you would seek to bring into a four-year term on the council? Well, I, not only do we have to look at education, um, but we need to make sure that our public safety is addressed. I know that we're trying to advance the advanced life support units that we have, uh, all of our Firefighters are currently EMT trained, but we need the advanced life support units. So I'd like to see more money for that. Um, I'd also see like like to see more more money for recreation, like I said, rails and trails and parks and all that, because that's a part of um, that's a part of quality of life, and that's really important. I want people to be able to live here and work here and play here. Um, and the other priority would be to make sure that we figure out what to do with our APFO and those types of things that, that govern and help us manage growth. Are there specific um, changes you'd look to make to the adequate public facilities ordinance, or is it giving it or looking, looking at it in a, in, and seeing if it needs to be uh, overhauled or, or changed in, in any ways once you get to the council? I, I know there are some pro- proposals on the table now, so let's see what happens with what the current um, proposals are. Um, but I think it's really important to get the, the members of that community involved. So I think we need to talk to the developers. We need to talk to the landowners. We need to talk to other people that are affected by the development. So the school board should be involved. So we need to figure out, um, what works best for everybody and knowing that negotiating a compromise means that everybody leaves the table a little bit unhappy, but you, you go forward. Uh, I want to shift to some things that the county council is working on currently. Um, Since July, council members have been holding meetings about the Sugarloaf Treasured Landscape Management Plan. I'm sure you're familiar with the plan to preserve Sugarloaf Mountain and the land surrounding it. And it's the first area plan that is part of the larger Livable Frederick Master Plan, which the county passed in 2019 to guide development and preservation. If if you are a member of the council right now, would you vote to approve the Sugarloaf Plan and, and why or why not? Well, to be honest with you, the Sugarloaf Plan is a couple hundred page document, and I'm campaigning for office, so I have not had time to read the couple hundred page document. Um, I do not know all the ins and outs of what they're proposing. So here's what I say. I am supportive of those people that have property over there and don't want to have their property rights ruined and have people tell them how to be. I think part of the overlay, from what I understand, is probably more restrictive than it needs to be 
for certain pieces of property. Um, I understand that the stronghold family that owns Sugarloaf is not happy and that they have talked about reducing or eliminating access to the mountain by the public. And I don't think that's what anybody really wants. So having not read the plan totally and hearing snippets here and there, I think maybe it's time to bring people together and figure out what works best for everybody. I think the goal probably was good that we're trying to preserve the land. We're trying not to have a lot of development on that side of 270. I understand that. And I think that's positive that we need to um, protect our environment. That's really, really important to me. I think the climate crisis is real. And I think we need to do everything that we can to protect our planet. Um, But I also understand that sometimes people go too far on both sides of the issue. So I don't know if that answers your question, but... (laughs) And uh, and this also ties into something that the the next council will likely be working on. The county has already begun meeting with council members about the next regional plan in the Livable Frederick Master Plan. This is the South Frederick Corridors Plan. Uh, just for a little bit of background, the plan will examine an area south of Frederick along Maryland 355 Urbana Pike and Maryland 85 Buckystown Pike. Uh, it's the second most economically significant region of the county to Frederick City. Goals for the plan include reinforcing and creating economic strengths and assets, supporting existing business and industries, and fostering innovation and opportunity. How can the county improve its public process for this plan compared to the process it had for the Sugarloaf plan? Okay. Hmm. Well, I think that starts with before the plan is developed or as the plan is being developed, you solicit input from the various stakeholders and you try to help them come together and build some kind of compromise initially when you're beginning the plan so that you don't have people in a um, in a back room so to speak making an assumption about what the best way to go forward would be so I think you get everybody together and then create your plan from there and then as you have your plan created that you think is going to work, then you maybe go out to the next tier of people and get input from them. It's, it's a trying to, trying to be, bring people to consensus and compromise is a long, complicated process, but it's what democracy is about. Democracy is messy because we're trying to get input and opinion from everyone. This is uh, shifting gears away from um, government planning uh, in terms of development and uh, agricultural land preservation, um, but this keeps us on something that the the, count, the next council may have to make decisions about. Um, last year, the county council approved the $20 million purchase of a 26-acre property along Himes Avenue, which includes a 209,000-square-foot facility currently used for COVID-19 vaccination clinics. Uh, the property was formerly referred to as the Oak Street property, too. The county purchased the property with intentions of accelerating large projects like building new county offices, relocating the 911 call center, potentially adding a library to the west side of the city. Uh, what do you think the property should be used for? I am not familiar with all of that. Um, I don't know how big the facility is, and I cannot in my mind's eye place on a map where it is. Um, but I, 
I would support a 911 center. I would support uh, a library. I would support community access. Um, but I, I'm sorry, I don't have the amount of detail you gave me in the question isn't enough to elaborate. What are some other goals that you would have going into a four-year term on the council if you were elected? Well, I want, what I would really love to see is someone on the council, and hopefully that will be me, to look at every decision we make and think about the other issues around that decision. So if you're making you know, for example, a budget decision or a development decision. There are other things to take into consideration. So we should be thinking about climate. We should be thinking about equity, equality, inclusion, all of those things that some of those things are not really tangible. Um, but when we, make, when we make a decision about, you know, keeping a budget item in the budget, um, what are we really thinking? What are we really doing? Are we saying that this is a good decision because it includes these people and because it's equal and because it provides equity and we want to keep it in there? So thinking about those things helps us look at the entire county and everyone so that it's inclusive. Um, and it doesn't mean necessarily that you would change your decision one way or the other. But at least you are aware that you're making a decision that's going to include people or exclude people. It's, it's kind of like family decisions. You know, you make a decision that you're going you're gonna to have the family reunion in, you know, whatever part of the country you're going to have it in. And you know, making that decision that some of the family will have to travel six hours and some of the family will have to travel an hour and a half. But you're making that conscious decision because you've thought about it and that's the best decision, but at least you've thought about it and you've put it into the process and you've made people think. I just don't, I think people do not spend enough time thinking about the broader issues and we get kind of into a lane of this is the way it's always been done. And I'd prefer to think outside the box and not always take that as an answer. The county executive's office created uh, an office of equity in and inclusion, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and and part of the responsibilities of that office is to look over legislation that council members have proposed and be able to provide feedback um, in regard to diversity, equity, and inclusion, how it might impact certain groups, things that should be considered um, during discussion. Is there anything else that the county, or what else should the county be doing toward um, improving well, improving its its consideration of groups who maybe have traditionally felt marginalized or been marginalized by, by county government. Right. Well, I think that's really important, our Office of, of Equity Inclusion. Um, and I, and I, I'm very proud that that's there, and I, and I hope that that will continue. I'm a little bit fearful if the wrong, um, if the wrong, wrong person wins, wins the election <laughs> that that may get cut. Um, but I think it's important not only for that committee to look at something, but somebody on the council to be thinking about those things as well. And they're not looking at the climate crisis. So I think somebody needs to be aware of climate issues, tax issues, equity, equality, and inclusion issues. I think somebody needs to kind of think about all of those things. I work for myself, and my day would be my constituents' day. 
So I can rearrange my day. I can go in at six o'clock in the morning. I can go in at midnight. The people I help don't care. I have access. So my priority would be the council. Lisa, thank you so much for for coming in and joining us in in the newsroom and and coming into the booth. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. 